0: Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. Become a brand ambassador and get exclusive access to our executive parties. Uh-huh. So we just
1: allow brand ambassadors into <laughs> our executive parties? I mean, part of the problem here is I think that I may be the only one here who understands what that actually means? Which is even more of a statement than usual.
0: Brand ambassador or executive party? or party?
1: Honestly, both.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what it means, but um, yeah, email us if you want to become a brand ambassador for unwritten ambassadors.
1: Please don't. I don't want brand ambassadors. Nobody here is going to manage a brand ambassador, so no. Okay.
0: <laughs> Never mind then. Um, hi everyone, my name is Eunice, I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternus Source, and uh, I have no interesting fun fact today, because I'm tired.
1: <laughs> I'm Aethi, author of Rune and Metagame, and I just appreciate the excuse to skip a fun fact. Uh, and today, we also have a guest with we us. A guest.
0: We have a guest. Say hi.
1: <laughs> Hello, sorry. <sir>.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Some cat tried to chew on my toe, that happens sometimes. Anyway, so this is Sunflower (laughs) of Ice, a returning person. I write technically abroad. It's getting close to chapter 200, actually. It's well over 500,000 words, which, if I'm thinking right, means I'll be about the size of War and Peace when I'm done. And I update it weekly. And yeah, I'm the guest.
0: Wow. It's always fun to watch people, like, grossly outstrip me in terms of writing. (laughs) Well, you've actually finished one, which is something I haven't done. Well, uh, a mini five-chapter novella doesn't count. My other two projects are still stagnating and developing mold. (laughs) It's okay.
2: (laughs) It depends on how you look at it.
0: Yeah, but uh, you have an idea for us today?
2: Oh, yeah. I got many ideas in general, but this time I got one I'm actually willing to talk about. So... The short version is, while not all people know this term, I'm sure a lot of the people that like the stuff from Japan know the term isekai. And would that be you too, or no? We may
1: yes. have discussed a few of
2: Well, I'm going to go over it in general, just for the people that don't know it. Isekai is a generic term that basically means stuck in another world. I think one of the ones that people think of in general when they think of Isekai-type stories, at least the non-Japanese manga one, if they aren't fans of that stuff, is Narnia. It's just kind of a generic fantasy setting if you really kind of cut out a lot of the stuff. And at least that's how a lot of people I've talked to.
1: Yeah. Honestly, if you're using an example, I would just go with Alice in Wonderland. That too.
2: And... Well, there's a couple other
1: examples. Most
2: people kind of think Isekai has to be fantasy, but that's not true. I mean, look at Tron. That was a stuck in another world. That wasn't fantasy. That was a sci-fi. And then you get the kind of goofy one like Space Jam, which I count it. Okay. Anyway, this concept idea is basically, in a sense, a reverse Isekai, where somebody from a different world comes to ours. And here's the thing. How many stories have you seen where a parent or a loved one or whatever sends a child or a spouse somewhere else in order to save them from death or enslavement or whatever thing? I mean...
1: So we're doing Superman isekai.
2: Exactly. Superman fits that trope even if it's... I'm not sure if I'd count it as an isekai because he was... he is still in the same universe and a lot of them kind of... They just get summoned. Eh... It yeah. kind of depends on how... I mean, it is another in, world. Yeah, it depends on how you define the term, but anyway, it I would argue either way, depending on how you look at it, for Superman, but basically what I'm picturing is somebody who may or may not originally be from our world, is living in our world, and they basically have created what amounts to a reverse isekai orphanage, or whatever you want to properly call it. You know, the matron of the house that takes care of all the people. They figured out a way to get the people that get sent to our world. They all show up at her house instead of randomly throughout the planet. And
0: helps them adjust. Are these like, uh, like, you know, little kids with random superpowers, which are kind of normal from where they come from? Oh, it depends on the planet
2: it comes from. It may be a teenager, it might be a kid. It might just be a spouse of someone who did the last thing in order to save their most beloved one. You know, you go through ahead, I'll turn it off after you get through with that sort of magical portal, whatever. I mean, I've seen that sort of thing in plenty of stories. I mean, it's a common enough trope, but tropes are common enough because they're fun and they work.
0: You know, I really do appreciate how we're doing a story about an orphanage that I didn't think Be an orphanage hey, well, it's not <laughs>
1: exclusively an orphanage, which makes this much yeah. better. And <laughs> really? here's the okay. thing. I
2: could see it kind of having hmm. to work with certain other organizations, whether it be businesses or governments or whatever, in order to both hide the fact that these people exist, but also allow them to exist. I mean, they would need, like, records that they were born... All sorts of things.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like halfway house meets immigration meets orphanage, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting. I mean, otherwise it could end up with very much hardships,
2: because if you think about it, like, again, with Superman, Superman, technically speaking, is not a citizen of any country because he doesn't have any birth certificate anywhere. It's Clark Kent that is a citizen of America. And...
1: Well, Superman was... Was always a mask for cartoon. Yeah, Kent, but I'm who just saying. Would become a citizen mm-hmm. like five years in. It's very. Yeah, easy. I'm
2: just saying. It would be a lot easier if you have inside tracks. I could see maybe some businesses. Like, let's say that you get somebody who can, I don't know. Cause it to rain or maybe stop volcanoes from erupting. It could be m- very useful in a business If okay, if this volcano erupts, it's going to destroy our entire business, our entire warehouse. We're not going to be able to do anything and we make life-saving medicine. So, hey, stop the volcano and you'll get a, you know.
1: <laughs> I feel like stopping large volcano explosions is more of a government <laughs> issue than a
2: business well, I'm, issue. Well, <laughs> I was just kind of spitballing a generic thing or, you know. Maybe something like security, where instead of hiring a whole squad of security, they just kind of got a person who, for eight hours a night, just keeps up a little mental thing of... Makes the person kind of not want to come in. You know, it doesn't literally force them to, but it's kind of like, oh, I should go, you know what, maybe I left the stove on. I think I'll go home and check.
1: The old look-somewhere-else <laughs> mm-hmm. magic.
2: Yeah, I mean, the more subtle magic I could see is being... But... You could get people from fantasy worlds you could get people from alien worlds where you have to figure out how to make them look human or you know get not noticed things like that or people from technologically advanced worlds and that's the person that makes the great new technological advance but of course in order to do that they
0: have to exist in the world (laughs) or like maybe they like they're basically when they come over they do the equivalent of like handing over their cell phone which is like by our standards incredibly, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, uh, an artifact of great power. Yeah,
2: I could picture something like one of them from a technologically advanced society and maybe that's why their planet was blowing up, I don't know. They just are looking at mm-hmm. some super hard program that some adult is working on to make the next great whatever, and the person looks at it and thinks, yeah. Oh, this is one of those little practice games that people do to learn technology and completes it. It's like, all right, I solved it in like three minutes. Not bad. And then the adult comes back and it's something <laughs> he's been working on for like eight months.
0: Okay. That was like halfway house slash orphanage slash job placement mm-hmm. agency slash citizenship
1: mm-hmm. bureau. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty wide range of things <laughs> that are offered by this place because they're... Uh... yeah having to do a lot of different uh-huh. kinds of work all at once. And
2: the only reason that it's really tolerated by a lot of Vikings and governments is because, at least this way, we know where they're all showing up. If we don't have this matron, <laughs> they're showing up all over the world randomly.
0: Well, I mean, like, if certain countries help fund this, this organization and certain ones don't, and they get these people placed, they're going to have a mm-hmm. lot of an advantage.
2: And they try to work each other so, of, like... It kind of prevents and causes international conflict at the same
0: time. Okay, so I imagine that uh, if it's reasonably well known, then they would be funded by like an international or like fund that almost all countries contribute to. Or so. if
2: we go the opposite way, where you know they just use their own stuff in order to, because remember in Men in Black they just kind of confiscated stuff from the aliens and was like, oh yeah we. M- just use some of the tech and patent it ourselves and now we fund ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, we could go Mm -hmm. private. Either way, it It probably heavily depends on how human they look and the technology for disguises.
1: There's a public wing and a private wing. The public wing is funded by governments and is mostly with people who have, you know, powers that nicely contribute to society and fit in. Yeah. And then the private wing is everybody else.
2: And aren't flashy and, you know, Nothing too obvious, like no centaurs so or whatever. Is
0: is there going to be like a capital M matron who like
2: well, I is could see maybe, running things? Let's say someone was the first one to come to Earth from one of their other planets. And maybe it's something like an elf or whatever, where they live literally millennium.
0: Okay, so like somebody who came like an orphan, but this was cool. this organization wasn't there... But maybe somebody helped them, and now they want to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And it happened so long ago.
1: Maybe they weren't the first or anything. They just got in some sort of fight with somebody else, and then they decided that this shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, happen, where we just have random people getting yanked into this Mm -hmm. world and then having nowhere to go.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just one of the early ones that are
0: still alive due to age. Exactly. But, you know. Powerful enough, it's like, don't mess with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or
2: at least diverse enough or tricky enough or whatever.
0: Oh, maybe they can read minds, which is, Mm -hmm. like, good when you're dealing with some rambunctious teenage (laughs) superheroes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's like, what did you do? Nothing. And then they're like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Oh, darn it, I thought about it. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. So you got
2: out last night. You stole a police car and crashed it into a McDonald's. Well, you're not going to go
1: out for a That's while. That's all solvable because nobody died.
2: But you are so grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it leads to, a, it basically is kind of, you think of all the different worlds and you kind of crash a random character who was basically Saved by a loved one or by dumb luck and smash them all together in the same area. One nice thing about that is if you ever get stuck, you could just grab two random characters and have them play off each other. And the difference between their worlds could really come into effect. I mean, you get somebody from a fantasy world where dragons are the overlords and basically rule over communities and make everyone mine for them and, you know, get jeweled statues that look like them and someone from basically an Atl- Atlantis-type world, where 98% of the world is water, they're going to have dramatically different ideas of what's normal.
1: So this is apparently whatever the whatever the uh, matron of this house is, it's like their home for main character material.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a bunch of main characters oh, crashing into each oh, other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically... And then I assume, you know, some of these orphans, like, they actually do go back to their worlds after the Civil War is over or whatever to inherit a Depends road. on what it was, yeah. So, like, this matron has some, like, interdimensional connections and it is actually a very mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: powerful figure. I'm kind of figuring when they show up, maybe they get s- something that's left behind, like, a jewel or whatever, and... I don't know, maybe it changes colors when it's safe, or maybe it
1: breaks if the planet blows up. Yeah, but that's only like available like if the, if the sending civilization thought to add it, so it's not mm-hmm. always available. It's like, uh, we can't send you back because your people didn't send you with literally anything to mark where you came from, so sorry about that.
2: Or we got one that it sent where your planet should be, but because there's no way to indicate if anything's going on there's a chance we could send you back and there's
0: literally no planet there. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe there's like a room that's full of the, all the different weird signal devices that some of the kids have. And like some of them are like, oh, it's a magic mirror. And then some of them are like, oh great, we're gonna have to look at this interdimensional signal fire. Very mm-hmm. inconvenient.
2: <laughs> and of course, the first thing that they have to do is whether it be some sort of magic or tech or whatever, you know, MacGuffin is used, it doesn't really matter, a way so they can all at least speak the local language.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like a universal translator was one of the first devices Mm -hmm. that somebody made. Or spells.
2: Yep. It doesn't really matter what, or maybe something that, oh, this is a magic that translates the words because it's the essence of the word and not the audible aspect of the word that you hear and other people hear as long as you're willing to do this once a month.
0: I don't know. Or maybe the matron can just talk to everyone Mm -hmm. because she's a telepath. Well, yeah. And then has to laboriously teach
1: everyone human language. Or just, like, (laughs) implants certain languages into their head. Well,
2: if she's a psychic, maybe she figured out a way to download language into other people.
0: Okay, so she has, like, learning modules. It's like, welcome to Earth. Please download.
2: First thing she does, here's a glass of water. Here's a sandwich. Hand to your head. Now you speak English. (laughs) I mean, I think it's Starfire, at least in the 90s cartoon show, had something where, in order to learn the local language, she just kissed someone, and then she knew the language that they knew.
0: That's a fun way to get someone to kiss random strangers. Yeah. (laughs) I remember it
2: from one of their movies where they go to Japan and she just kisses a random guy, and Robin's like, What the? And it's like, What? Now I can speak Japanese. Is that why you kissed me the first time we met? Yeah. It's like, Yep.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, uh, that changes everything. Oh, man. Okay.
2: I mean, language is very important. In my story, the person, it auto-translates, but as a result, he's having an extra hard time learning language because he can't, you know, translate sound to symbol. It's a big mess. (laughs) Oops.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You get the auto-translated sound, which means, uh, good luck. Yeah, I mean... Well, if you're using an alphabet, if you're using a, uh, more symbolic language... Even still, let's say that
2: you're trying to learn... Spanish, and every time you hear someone speaking Spanish to teach you Spanish, it comes through as English audibly. You're gonna have a harder time.
1: <laughs> yeah, what I what I was more talking about was um, languages more like traditional Chinese, which mm. would be a different. It would it would still have issues, but it's a very different set of issues mm-hmm. than you have trying to translate between two languages with an alphabet and an al- or an abugida.
2: Another thing that could happen is that unintentional conflict. Two people from opposite sides of a war on the same planet show up, like, a week
0: apart.
1: (laughs) Not even a week apart. Like, 35 seconds.
0: (laughs) And then they're always, like, getting the brawls with the matrons, like, no fighting! And, like, makes them all sit down. And then they become friends! And then cause world peace in the other world (laughs) when they inherit their respective thrones.
2: (laughs) Or a Romeo and Juliet situation.
0: Oh no. Wait, are we talking about actual Romeo and Juliet where it's like two immature teenagers like get melodramatic and off themselves or like what people think of Romeo and Juliet? I imagine the like, latter.
2: The real one except add a little angst where they hate each other at first and then think they love each other. Just because they're the only ones that know what their same planet's like, so they end up clinging. And then off
1: themselves? (laughs) Like, this is what you want?
2: (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm just (laughs) spitballing.
0: okay well you know maybe some of them are tragic and then some of them the matron maybe the matron had some bad experiences and now has a protocol for dealing with angsty teenagers Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) all right you get the angsty teenager telepath protocol which is where you get put into a dream that's so much like reality that you can kill yourself there and then you'll wake up in the real world and then i can yell at you
0: yeah it's
2: like, Stop being stupid. Yeah, something like when you're about to, it goes into a paralytic body, and your dream starts, and yada yada yada, and it doesn't undo until she finds you. So it's like, I thought you were doing so well, because I could honestly see a lot of them having survivor's guilt and depression too.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's gonna be one of the things that they're handling pretty often for the
2: ones that end up having to stay permanently. I could see some of the younger ones end up getting quote-unquote adopted by the people that had grown out of that area and moved into the rest of the world on their own.
1: Yeah. yeah. Some of them would get normal adopted as well, just by, you know, people who were close enough to understand what was going on.
2: Yeah, or as long as the person's not too dramatically different, you know? I mean, if someone has yeah. just a slightly jagged tooth because, I don't know, their species has some sort of bestial ancestry versus someone who's a literal anthro. Dramatically different needs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, because it's, like, interdimensional, if if the dimension is relatively close to this one, then the people are relatively similar, and Mm -hmm. then the farther away they come from, the weirder they get. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and, you know, eventually, it's like, You know what? I helped save your kid that you sent here. I want to be able to send some of the other kids to your world now if they can, like, breathe the air and whatnot. And I'm sure that my kids can breathe your air because your kid could breathe my air.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) What a a huge placement program to be running.
2: (laughs) It's basically an unintentional interdimensional Interplanetary, whatever you want to call it, orphanage center for Yeah, basically war orphans, depending on
1: how you see it. It's not just orphans either. It's like full on adults sometimes that just are like I mean it's usually the kids, but not always, because let's be
2: honest, most of the time The kids will be protected by the parents, but there's not always kids. It could just be a random couple, or it could be a random person who figured out something on their
1: own. Sometimes it's a teenager who got hit by a truck and then woke up in another world. (laughs) That's very much like their own.
2: They have their own version (laughs) of the
1: Bermuda Triangle.
2: (laughs) When it Went into the wrong place. Someone shows up. Oh, jeez. And here I thought the stories of the Blathera... Parallelogram, we're all make believe.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, the blather of parallelogram?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know, I just made up a word.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I was, I was speaking from the point of view of the world where, um. you know, you ask, What do you mean by the blather of parallelogram? I have never heard any stories of this. Can you explain what the problem there is?
2: And they basically just explain something like the Bermuda Triangle. It's a section of the world where a lot of planes and ships and people just kind of seem to vanish. Right. Like, oh, the Bermuda
0: Triangle.
1: Which (laughs) world is this again? I'm going to reach out to the authorities there. (laughs) Turns out there's an unstable portal there that nobody ever
2: closed. And maybe it just kind of sways with the wind, but it doesn't go too far from where it was originally created.
1: Exactly. Who left this stupid portal open? (laughs)
2: We're shrinking it. It, The problem is it's about half a mile wide, and it takes a year to get it to shrink two inches. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's so many different isekai tropes that could be played with. The, you know, reincarnated trope, and all of a sudden, instead of a person, it's a brand new born generic human sitting in the orphanage. Somebody
1: shrinks down so much that they slip between dimensions.
2: Well, a common trope in isekai, at least the Japanese ones, is the reincarnated thing. So yeah. instead of that, because of the magnet for other dimensional people, so to speak.
0: Oh my god, I want I want people to be walking around with the like the game isekai like status boxes, and then it's like, what? And, but like other people can see the status boxes, <laughs> and it's like, why are there virtual screens around you? <laughs> it's like I'm assigning my my, uh, my, uh, attribute points. Like, where, where's your stat box? It's like, uh...
1: Unfortunately, had... stat boxes <laughs> are not a thing that exists in this particular world.
2: So you're gonna need to hide those whenever you leave the
0: house. And then they're like, wait a minute. So when you guys stop exercising, like, you lose your attribute points? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Whoa, well, how horrible!
2: Same with all of our stats, really.
1: <laughs> They're truly in shock and horror over the reality.
2: Not permanent? <laughs> How do you learn new magic spells My if you can't get your mana up? Oh, people in this world don't have mana. or magic. How do you live? <laughs> they pull out a lighter and just click. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, and then man. they get a small flame over their finger. Yeah, but
0: click. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, and then I want there to be, like, this baby that's from, like, a species that takes, like, a thousand years to grow up. So the matron just has, like, this baby that is, like, not noticeably aging.
1: For the aesthetic. <laughs>
0: they could, and well, they, like, well, they, like, they can't be placed because everyone would be like, what's with this perma-baby? <laughs> and
2: maybe they're, like, hyper-intelligent or something. Or...
0: Like, eventually they'll grow up to be, like, a god or something. But for the next couple hundred years gonna be a baby
2: (laughs) in comparison to human growth they age at about one year per ten thousand years
0: yeah but like you know still has like uh enough power that you'd be like oh crap baby shouldn't have these powers
2: (laughs) now i'm just thinking of jack jack from the incredibles
0: (laughs) yeah like that except you know like don't make them cry because they'll turn into a gremlin and set things on fire
1: I mean, the, uh, the matron is telepathic, so can occasionally get the baby to do things.
0: Yeah. Oh, maybe the matron has made up little, little games where it's like, Oh, we're going to make it a game where you use this power. Um, And then, but like can apply that to practical scenarios. And then imagine somebody (laughs) thinking
2: that house is huge. It's always got all this stuff for their orphans. They must have like a millionaire sponsoring them. So I'm going to rob them. (laughs)
1: No, oh. <laughs> that just sounds like a terrible idea with this place. If you don't die, it's because the matron got to you first.
0: <laughs> yeah, the matron has to save you from the house. Like the house is like not even like it looks big, but it actually has like interdimensional pockets, and it's like thirty times bigger. Oh than yeah, it from looks. they have like two different settings: the normal mansion house type thing.
2: Yeah. But, basically, as long as you tap the right section of an area first, it opens up a whole extra bigger on the inside dimension type thing, and they do it that way so that, or maybe it's bio-signature to detect if it allows, you know, that way yeah. tax people could come and look at the house without getting lost and everything.
1: Exactly. Remember, knock twice with the knocker, lock, unlock, lock, unlock, Open the door.
2: Or if you're in danger, knock once and kick the door as you turn the doorknob and security (laughs) will turn on.
0: And then there are, like, rooms in there that are designed for, like, lava monsters and stuff like that that are not compatible with, like, human biology. So if you get into those, you're... Dead. There's like a room that's just pure void. Like, don't ask what we—that was somebody's room once. We never got around to getting rid of it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, we never get rid of them because we never know if we'll have to get a new one. We just kind of yeah. shift where it's located into the hall of unused rooms.
0: Yeah. And then uh, somebody uh, managed to bump to bumble their way. Into I mean, that. the whole then,
1: of unused rooms would be hilarious because it's like eighty percent normal rooms and then twenty percent eldritor. It
0: was like who who used to stay here? And then the matron like says like a word that like kind of makes your brain hurt, and you're like never mind. <laughs> what
2: about what about this one? Oh, that was for someone who lived on a planet whose gravity was only about five percent of our own, and she kind of tried to live in the normal area, her body would get crushed by the weight. (laughs) So that's actually kind of a fun one to go into. But you don't want to go into this one where
0: gravity is about a hundred times heavier than it is here. Well, I mean, that would be fun to to live on Earth. They'd be just, like, incredibly strong. And then if they accidentally, you know, like, walked too hard, they would, like, (laughs) bounce out of... Out of uh, the Earth's gravitational
1: pull. (laughs) I'm not sure 100 G would knock you out of the Earth's gravitational pull if you walked too hard. But you might be able to do it if you jumped.
0: Oh, wait. No. Okay. But you would, like, go flying if you walked too hard. Like, you would accidentally leap.
1: No, you wouldn't be able to do it if you jumped. No, No,
0: it would be more than 100 to, to do that.
1: Honestly, if it was more than 100, then you wouldn't be able to survive 1 G. I guess.
2: <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, let's say you have, I don't know, a single dice. It it takes maybe let's say 20 of them to weigh a pound. If you multiply that by 100, let's see that would be a single dice like a normal d6 would be about 50 pounds. No, 5 pounds at 20 at 100 to 1 odds. <laughs> I mean, that would be a heavy dice.
0: Yeah, there are some some kids who need training at, like, just very delicately handling all of the items on Earth. <laughs> they wear <laughs> extra
2: heavy padded clothing like you would expect in a shounen protagonist to train himself. <laughs> Except in their case, it's just so they are restrained enough to seem like a normal person strength-wise.
0: Or maybe they voluntarily wear, like, cursed manacles that, like, nerf their strength. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be so funny because you know, like when people say like, "Oh, the gloves are coming off now." It's like you better run if the gloves are coming off.
2: I could see it something small, so it's less obvious in general, like
1: a ring. It's a bracer that goes over your entire arm with like different settings on it, so you can <laughs> use your super strength without necessarily using all of your super strength.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: You see one person that has like a ring on every finger, two bracelets, a necklace, and seventeen <laughs> earrings.
0: Yeah, and they're like, "What's with the gaudy like style?" And you're like, uh, "Yeah, no, that jewelry is not optional." <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, where I'm from, nothing is flammable, and every time we breathe, we exhale fire. That's what this one's for. <laughs> Yeah, I take it off occasionally to start the fire in the fireplace, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Matron, can I can I start a fire in the fireplace? Mm, okay.
0: Oh, man. Watch out for allergy season.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, they'd get some that are just, like, cosmetic difference ear- jewelry or whatever. Instead yeah. of having four fingers, like in, say, The Simpsons, it gives you a fifth one or... <laughs> The opposite, where if you have six, it kind of makes one look like it's not there. Or if you're furry, it makes your skin, you know, people not notice if they touch your skin that it's furry.
0: (laughs) And then there's just one kid who just likes to wear a lot of rings, Uh, and none of them are magical. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what? It's
2: it's cool. I mean, everyone else is wearing them. (laughs) Are you saying I'm not allowed to? Uh, just not these ones. Here, you can wear these ones. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's like this is one of the places where it's not safe to steal the other people's clothes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, imagine laundry day, man. <laughs> imagine them going on a school trip if they, you know, go to a normal school sometimes because they're, you know, normal enough. And a classmate tries yeah. to play a prank on them. Oh man! Depending on the prank, it could be deadly. <sighs> and then said baby could be used to kind of wipe their recent memories, like a neuralizer. <laughs>
1: Well, I would think that yeah. falls under the abilities of the telepath, so the matron would be able to do that herself. Depending on the specifics. The baby's more for like physical things, I would think.
0: Yeah, true. You yeah, know, you could, you could be creative with what the baby. The baby
1: can. The baby can wipe the, uh, wipe the cameras.
2: <laughs> I don't actually erase their memory. I just make them think it
0: was a dream.
1: <laughs> uh, it's much easier that yeah. way.
0: It's like uh the baby could be your macguffin, you know, mm-hmm. like anytime you need some extra powers, it's like, yeah, the baby can do that too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Don't worry about it. We just have to do this very specific thing, like pinch its left elbow or feed it something spicy
0: or whatever. <laughs> it's like Wait, are you actually raising, a, like, a god? And then Matron's like, well, defying god. That's a very broad
1: term. <laughs> Every time she says "define god, whoever is asking the question immediately just, like, turns like, around um, and walks away. <laughs>
2: as best as I can tell, it's
1: just a world, either one of those world makers or world
2: breakers. I'm not sure which.
1: I'm not sure which, and at this point, they may be the same thing, actually.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh. But, you know, like, baby may fit some definitions of God, depending. And they're like, oh no. <laughs> like, Where did you get this baby from? It's like, ah. I found it in the middle
2: of a fire pit that was still burning.
0: And, you know, I actually don't really remember. Like, I kind of blacked out for what seems like. A month, and then when I came back there was a baby. I, I think I just kind of
2: erased <laughs> that memory of
0: of my own. Or maybe the baby erased it? Who knows? Like... <laughs> oh, man.
2: I could see, like, international... No, interplanetary things trying to kidnap the house, or businesses <laughs> trying K-nab to... Kidnap the house, yes. Or businesses trying to <laughs> espionage for the tech secrets that they keep seeming to copyright.
1: Maybe the house like is, is like a dryad that decided to grow into a house. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, some people actually do try to kidnap the house. <laughs> or something like a mimic.
0: But the houses are already grown like interdimensionally. It's like,
1: how do you even <laughs> take it? I'm not saying <laughs> like, that it was a good idea. Can't. I'm saying that they <laughs> tried to. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, I bet somebody tried to kidnap the baby once and that civilization no longer exists.
1: (laughs) We're pretty sure there used to be another continent there. Don't know what's up with that!
0: (laughs) Lost City of Atlantis? You know. They they get a
1: random
2: kid from a world that they've never heard of carrying the baby after it vanished a week ago. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know why I'm here, but my world's gone, and I guess I found a baby? Oh, there you are!
0: (laughs) yeah i found a baby and then like 20 people have tried to kill us on our way here and like they just poofed out of existence i'm not sure what happened
2: except (laughs) one it kind of turned into like slime and melted
0: yeah it's like oh yeah that's don't worry about it (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) they got off (laughs) easy yeah baby can do much worse things than melt you. I I
2: think my planet literally turned inside out.
1: Oh. Oh. That may need fixing. Oh. Oh. (laughs) A molten
2: crust with an aquatic center.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would be really cool as far as... (laughs) That would be pretty cool.
1: As far as sci-fi worlds go. I mean, everyone's
0: dead. We could leave it like that. Just it's so cool. And that does play
2: into the world makerslash breaker aspect.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean I don't know, I just thought
1: sci-fi world's cool go an inside out world with like an aquatic center with a molten outside is just cool.
2: And their volcanoes spray water.
1: Nice. <laughs> well it's more like they explode. Steam. And I don't really but, think yeah. there
2: would be a villain. I think it would be a more of a chaotic comedy, with some episodes that touch on real-world trauma and things like that.
1: Well, you're touching on, I think what you would have here is, like, a combination of, like, drama and recovery fic combined with comedy, which is a Mm -hmm. great combination, honestly.
2: With maybe the occasional sprinkle of some sort of combat of someone trying to do something stupid to the orphanage.
1: I mean, the combat is a comedy bit. (laughs)
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Just, you know,
0: an occasional bit of gore to spice things up. (laughs) One day the
2: police show up because one of the kids got out and killed someone.
0: It's like, okay, we've gone over this. You're not a vampire. Like, yes, you can drink blood, but no, you don't (laughs) have to drink blood. Okay?
2: (laughs) And just because you're a carnivore doesn't mean people are on the menu. If you have to eat it live, we can get you
0: chickens.
1: You are at most one quarter vampire.
0: We've gone over this and then the the kid's like, okay, but like, what is the threshold for animal versus human? And, they're like, and then they're like, oh my god, okay. I know it's a pretty arbitrary threshold what we consider edible and not edible, but you're just gonna have to accept it, okay? Okay. <laughs> Just
2: assume that if it's something that wears clothes, it's not on the menu.
1: You know, that's a fairly decent distinction.
2: And if it can talk, yeah. it's not on well, the menu. What about
0: those little dogs? <laughs> a collar is clothes.
2: Those are fine. Just don't do it if any people are carrying it on a leash.
1: Again, collar is clothes. So there you go.
2: Okay. <laughs> ah, fair. Jewelry is considered
1: clothes.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And a collar
2: is jewelry.
0: Oh man, okay.
2: There would be so many arbitrary rules depending yeah. on where they're from. Yeah, yeah. And I could picture one from a super technologically advanced one being like, you know I could just take over this world, right? Yeah, we know. I mean, a lot of their- I could solve a lot of their problems if I did. We know, you're not allowed to do but that. But you won't- but can I at least give them the perpetual energy machine?
0: You no. can lead them <laughs> down that path, but no no they can't be trusted with the perpetual energy
2: but i've already put hints all over their internet but nobody's taking it seriously they think it's a little kid's joke one of them
0: said oh stick to drawing cartoon characters some of the kids are like why do i have to go to school this is really boring it's like you need to make friends (laughs) if you end up stuck in this world You're going to have to be able to socialize. Okay, I'm aware that you don't need the class.
1: There's an enormous tablet of ever-updating rules, but it only shows you the the rules that you need. So for some people, it's like, why is this tablet enormous if there's only two rules on it? And for other people, it's just massive lists. It's in their bedroom.
0: You know, maybe there's, like, a kid who's from, like, a society where all everyone does is try and, like, trick each other, and then, like, their list of rules is just... Enormous, because they're like, well, what about this loophole? What about this loophole? What about this loophole?
1: <laughs> Rule 7. A. B.
0: And then the, the matron, like, finally just, like, goes into their brain and is like, okay, this is the comprehensive set of rules. <laughs> and then you get other ones where
2: their society has a very simple thing. This is actually an idea I have for one of my stories I may or may not use, but... Basically, in this dwarven society I have, the, they consider whoever has the longest beard to be in charge. Because anytime two dwarves get in an argument, they will fight, and the winner is determined by who is able to cut the other one's beard short. <laughs> so, whoever has the longest beard is seen as either the most capable of self-defense and protection, or, and, either way, the one that gets along most with his own kind. Mm. So having the longest beard shows that you're either very personable and understanding of
0: your own people,
2: and or very skilled at combat. Okay.
0: And so whenever this kid gets into trouble, the the matron shaves them? (laughs) (laughs) Or he'd be like, why should I listen to him? He doesn't even have a beard. Well,
2: neither do you now. (laughs)
0: Oh, man.
2: (laughs) And he's very respectful of people who do have beards. Oh, of course, sir. Very... Very much pleasureful to help you out. I'll gladly carry your groceries to the car. <laughs> what, why did Why did you help him? You never helped him. Did you see how magnificent his beard was? <laughs> I would have carried his car home for him if
0: he asked. I, mean, I feel like the, the beards by, on Earth are, like, by their standards, all kind of sad. And short. Well,
1: some of them, you know, if the people are much taller...
2: There would be a small amount... But if their whole society is based on cutting each other's short, if you're in a fight, I could see them not getting too long either.
0: Mm. I mean, I, I would imagine they have, like, very complex beard arrangements for when they get too long to just leave hanging.
1: Okay, but they need to be hanging when you get in a fight. It's a, it's a requirement. Put them into, like, ropes.
2: Oh, okay. And the longer it is, the more vulnerable it is as a result.
1: Yeah. It's a very complicated (laughs) cultural
2: practice. (laughs) I'm just like, this is a a lot. Why do you do it like that? Tradition. Why is it tradition? I don't know. I'm not the one who thought of it.
0: Never ask why when it comes to tradition. (laughs) It's like it.
2: Yeah, I mean, one nice thing about stories, if they don't take place, you know, here in reality, is you can just make up anything and be like, Oh, they just do that because it's tradition. Um, when you turn 18, they pour an uh, entire tree's worth of ashes over your head in celebration. <laughs> Why?
0: <laughs> tradition. It's, it's good luck.
2: <laughs> it's seen as good luck by having an entire tree's growth dumped on you just as your growth is ending. It's representative.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just, you know,
0: our, our founding, our founding uh, ancestor... What, you know, made their society in the ashes of the volcano that destroyed the previous civilization. So, ashes are good. <laughs> I <don't know.
2: laughs> and I just thought of one other thing that maybe could happen that would be amusing mm-hmm. uh, something from another planet shows up. Yeah, we need a hero to save our planet, and I was brought here when I was trying to find someone.
1: All right, who signed up for the hero? Who signed up for the hero list? Do you want one hero or do you want a full party?
2: Are you looking for a combatant or an intelligent person? What's your atmosphere like so I don't accidentally send a pyro to an aquatic world like that one What time? are your
0: feelings about collateral damage?
2: <laughs> What's the diet like on your planet?
1: Can I get a power ranking report of the people that they're likely to go up against? She starts to do a whole interview with
2: them. Sit down, i got about 137 questions to ask you before I decide
0: who to send. But, but I'm, in a, I'm in a hurt- no no no, this is non-negotiable. <laughs> and then, like, after the, the exhaustive questionnaire, the matron's like, Timmy! <laughs> and then, like, Ken pops in, it's like, could you take care of this for me, please? <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'll probably take you about a week or two, so I'll write an excuse that you're visiting a- that you got sick or something, maybe you broke an arm. I don't break bones! Yeah I know, but that's just an excuse. Get that's going. part of
1: why you're going. <laughs> it's like,
0: do I have to wear a cast when I come back? It's like unfortunately. Only for three <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> and then they pop in and out and they're like, Oh, I forgot to factor in the the, the time passage difference.
2: <laughs> oh right, and humans don't heal as fast. I'll just tell him when he gets back. <laughs> Basically, it's just a purely chaotic drama between a bunch of main characters all dealing with all sorts of whatever BS they have happening.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I would write it more as a slice of life where, where, like, Mm -hmm. all of this world-ending stuff is just flavor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you
2: look at all the, for example, characters in My Hero Academia in the class look at them all of them in their seats they all look like they could be a main character same concept here
0: yeah because they all have pink hair
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then you have this one person who just looks super generic hi i'm bob (laughs) yeah what's your power oh um i'm bob and it turns out that basically that's it he's always very average no matter what happens oh you got shot by a gun Well, it's, on average, people haven't been shot by guns, so (laughs) I don't get the effect of being shot by a gun.
0: (laughs) On average, everybody's healthy, so. um.
2: (laughs) I'm exactly the average height, exactly the average weight. My looks are very
0: average. Actually, like, people who have very average facial features are considered quite beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they're actually very good looking because they're the average of all the
2: features. (laughs) I'm of average intelligence. Everyone in the world is either smarter than me or dumber than me, taller than me, or shorter than me. Just starts listing off all these different attributes.
0: But maybe the the effect is like kind of within a somewhat restricted um, geographic area so like the matron like sends them to like the, the gifted kids school like the preeminent one in, in the on earth and it, and then they're like yeah I get pretty average marks at my school
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> goes to a chess competition for world champions. I'm kind of an average chess player. Do we have anyone in the audience that would like to challenge yeah I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot.
0: Pretty
2: average well maybe not quite like that because then all the random audience members would be part of it but
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so it's very important who this this kid's friends are because mm-hmm. they're very average <laughs> all depends on who you hang out with
2: <laughs> I made you completely average in every way but I can pick up 150 pounds with one finger. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. There's all sorts of elephants and whales and whatnot on this planet. <laughs> I took all that into consideration when I averaged you.
0: I mean. <laughs> oh, it's not even...
1: The The problem oh, is man. that, like, ants are included in that. Although, if you went with yeah. proportional. An ant can lift, yep. <laughs> now, if you went with proportional strength, you would go absolutely <laughs> wild. Cause there's a lot more mm-hmm. little things than there are big things. Oh,
0: uh, when Bob is in the orphanage, Bob has the average powers of all the kids.
1: <laughs> and that baby's in <laughs> the horrifying.
0: area. The baby is in the area. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no! <laughs> so as a result, he's the second strongest person in the orphanage. Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> and unlike the baby, he's conscious enough to know how to use it. So they think he's the strongest.
0: <laughs> okay. So, Bob carries the baby around a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, he basically is the matron's helper. Okay. Well, he never ages, so... Because she figured out what his powers oh, were. Good. He started out as about 18, and that was about 600 years ago. I got yeah. the baby about 800
0: years ago. Oh, man. Yeah, he
2: should have been dead a lot long time ago. I'm not <laughs> complaining!
0: Okay. So this is a very fun world that you could spend several hours world building, yes. yes. or, yes. or months, or years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, make some adventures, have rambunctious kids who have way too many powers that uh, than their level of emotional maturity should really have, and uh, you know, blow things up.
1: Exactly, that's what this world <laughs> is for, blowing up.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes. And you get some that just want to fight the superheroes in the movies, thinking they're real. Yeah.
0: It's
2: like, but there's already some super genius and super strong people. Why can't I meet them? They don't exist. Oh my exist. god.
0: But I saw them. There's probably a couple of kids who uh, like are really into like those superhero TV shows, and when they like play superhero, they can like do all of the, <laughs> they can like mimic all of the powers that the <laughs> heroes in the TV show have. They literally
2: play superhero. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Truly uh, terrifying.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, since this is basically a social interaction story at its heart, I don't really feel like there's a technical ending to it outside of just, yeah, I've done enough. Exactly. You know. So I'm not sure if we can really talk our way to an end point.
0: No, no, no. This is uh, clearly an ever, ever lasting- The end lasting... Point is wherever you
1: decide to put the end
0: point. Yeah. Yep. You know, just uh, like, uh, wrap it up where the matron is like, oh yeah, I did a good job. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like,
2: you know what? It's been a few centuries. I think I deserve a vacation.
0: <laughs> and then that's the end of the series. The vacation is a 30-minute break. Uh, you know, just go to a dimension where 30 minutes here is like, a couple of years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And that's just the end of the series. Her going on vacation. Cool. So um, if you like this story, write it and email us at listers at unwrittenimaginings.com.
1: Yeah, if you want to check out Sunflower's work, uh, where can they find you? Well, if they just Google technically abroad,
2: they can find it there. Or if they want to find my Twitter, I'm sunflower underscore ice. Or is it sunflower space ice? One of those two things. I'm <laughs> um,
0: not very big there, so. <laughs> and uh, we'll have links on our website to direct you to things um yeah like and rate this podcast if you like it and recommend us to your friends uh if you want to be a guest on our show email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com and we'll see you next week see you next week thanks for listening see if i see ya. bye